Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji. With me is Ras. How you doing, boy? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's okay. You know, fall is hitting in Canada. I don't think I've seen the sun in like, like you know, a week or something. So <laughs> I, I don't think you ever see the sun in England. Yeah, <laughs> you know how you know what it feels like. You know what it. Yeah, feels bro. Like. I, I thought the sun doesn't exist here. Like I couldn't find it for like my first few days here. Like, oh guys, I'm in England. Woo! How's it been? How is it like over there? You're probably just like in a hotel quarantine at the moment, right? Yeah, it's not the most fun. I mean, the room is like super swagged out. I've got like a flat screen TV. I can like watch football games without having to, you know, <clears throat> stream, <clears throat> stream, stream them. <laughs> um, but it's not, it's not bad. Legal, legal stream. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> um, but it's, it's not bad. Uh, it sucks that like I went from like being confined into like a uh, two-story house with a garden to like now just a hotel room so there's not really much i can do i I mean i am allowed like i think 20 minutes of exercise time that but that's basically walking around in a circle in a courtyard in the cold why the fuck would i do that when i can stay in the warmth of my room right so yeah you know do push-ups on like your on the floor or something yeah i mean i've (laughs) definitely already had like a workout routine for my room i I hope the no one who works for this hotel listens to this podcast because i've been doing pull-ups off their air conditioning vent which i think has been able to hold my weight so far you know so not too bad (laughs) no way when you fall you fall exactly you know when it breaks it breaks i ordered some you know um like in-house equipment sort of thing like some resistance bands like an ab roller so i'm kind of prepping myself for even when i do move out like once i move into like my student res and stuff i won't be like working out in public gyms yet just because i i'm like now getting my vaccination and stuff so as soon as i get out i'll get my first shot and then you know i think what six to eight weeks you get the other shot and stuff like that so i'm still gonna try and be four weeks four weeks really yeah yeah now that now there should be enough supply that you could get your second shot in a significant like reduced time right you get your first shot you wait two weeks for it to kick in and then two weeks after that uh, you can get like your second shot so like it's hopefully within six weeks you would be fully vaccinated and like fully after like two weeks and stuff shots shots so. shots 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 vaccine shots. vaccine <laughs> shots, shots. <laughs> yeah so I, I i mean i'm looking forward to it but also not looking forward to the side effects because i hear you know that first night can be sometimes a little crappy so let's see i've got family finally in the same country again so if you know if push comes to shove maybe they can kind of help me out with like you know i can crash by them they can look after me sort of thing but let's see you know yeah yeah Yeah. where are you gonna live in london so i'm living like five to ten five to ten minutes walk away from wembley football stadium i did not plan it like that nice nice purely coincidence nice you know (laughs) you know go watch the fa cup final (laughs) or playoff final if you can get tickets (laughs) i'll have to scale a wall if i have to you know yeah yeah how's but yeah you were talking about uh winter is starting in canada man how are you getting ready for that not winter starting, but like you know, it's about the time where like the weather's dreary and stuff like that. The what the temperature's still been pretty good. It's still been like you know high teens, maybe low twenties. You know, not too bad at night. Maybe I'll get a bit chilly. It's been pretty humid though so far. But apparently, Canada's supposed to expect a really really bad winter, just like lots and lots of snowfall. So, and you know, I'm not looking forward to it at all. But and I think. 
barring the COVID year, the two years before that, I was out for like, you know, I was out of the country for two weeks. So I missed a lot of that snowfall. But I guess now I'll have to kind of face it again. What, so, what are you talking yeah. about? That sounds like every Canadian winter ever. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, maybe worse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when Kitchener Waterloo <laughs> ran out of salt one winter? That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right, you know. All right. I, I mean, I'm sure the listeners would love to listen to our Personal Life All podcast, but we're here to talk football. I mean, it feels like forever, the international break. No one really enjoys it. It feels like the season's now starting all over again, but... Before we get started, Ross, do you want to remind listeners how they can engage with us and listen to our beautiful podcast? So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram, at BantaB, on Discord, on the DraftBL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585, on Reddit, you forward slash Banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Anchor through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, on YouTube, all under the name of Banta Boys. And this time you can message Sanji in like the UK time zone and you'll probably respond. <laughs> probably. Depends how nice you are to me. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So as usual, we're going to have two halves of the podcast. Is this, if this is your first time listening to the Banter Boys podcast, welcome. You know, we talk everything fan tracks, sometimes OFPL draft, depending on how shitty of a trade that I get, you know, from either the public or Ryan as well. Oh, by the way, shout out to Ryan. He's currently in Mexico um, visiting, I think, his brother and what is the term for the girl who's married to your brother? Your... Sister-in-law? Sister-in-law. There you go. I don't know why I had a blank. Um, But yeah. So shout out to you, Ryan. Hope you're staying safe, bro. Okay. So first off the podcast, we're going to do a Game Week 7 data dump. We basically just look at, you know, some key metrics in that game week. We could have done like the first seven game weeks, but because we didn't really pod at all during the international break, I said, whatever, let's just look at the last game week. Then we get, we'll do like a little bit of recap, see how we actually did during those game week, uh, during that game week in our leagues, uh, both uh, Ross's OG League and our public league that we're part of in the draft community on Twitter. And we'll go through some Twitter questions that we got from our lovely Twitter community, right? Um, fellow fans, fellow listeners, etc. And then we'll take our halftime pint, which will be me drinking a juice box because I haven't had any alcohol since I got into the UK. That's probably been the reason why my trip hasn't gone so well so far. But in the second half, we're going to cover injuries. You know, we've got some updates to go through because of the international break. It hasn't been kind to a lot of managers. And we'll then suggest some hot FA waiver picks for your game week eight for you to smash it and, you know, keep climbing up those standings. Ross, you, you, we want to touch anything be, before we get started? I, I know you posted a table in our WhatsApp group, uh, that expected points mm-hmm. table. Do you want to maybe discuss a few things that kind of jumped out at you in that? So on the expected table, City is first and Norwich is last. But there's not that big of a gap in terms of that. Uh, Everton are third in the expected, sole third in the expected points table. Arsenal are like pretty down there. So are Spurs. Spurs are also pretty down there as well. But on the actual table, we know Chelsea's first and Liverpool. Liverpool have like maintained, you know, their expected and actual is is point on. So we're statistically pretty accurate. Uh, Brighton, it's a big jump. Uh, they're expected and actual. There's a big difference. There's a lot, they're a lot lower in their expected table. And Spurs are a lot higher in the actual table than the expected table. And 
Chelsea, I guess Chelsea are um, significantly higher, like, you know, in the actual table versus the expected table. And I guess it's just like, you know, things kind of going their way. I think what that actually shows is obviously like, you know, there's the value for me. It shows is like how lucky teams have been and how unlucky teams have been. Yeah. Right. So one of the most significant, like, you know, downward jumps is let me kind of see this. Is that Crystal Palace? You know, Crystal Palace is pretty high on the expected table, you know, at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, or like 11th on the expected we table. We know how but to count on the Bad like, Boys you know. podcast. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but they're 20, 18, 19, 17, 16, 15, 14. But like on the actual table, they're about three, four spots down. So that's, you know, sounds about right. You know, they're not getting the results. They've been pretty unlucky, but they're playing pretty decently, decent football. So yeah, and yeah. one of the teams that really stood out to me is Brentford. You know, Brentford is actually underperforming based on like the expected and actual points table. So for a promoted team, they're smashing it, and you know they could be here to stay for realsies. So let's see how it goes. I I feel like we are probably a lot lower on that expected table because of you know that one-one draw versus you guys. Who, like we should have probably lost that game according to the data. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, maybe we can like retweet this table so it kind of helps with our uh, podcast discussion, etc. We'll add it to the thread um, when we post the podcast. But yeah, yeah, it was it was very interesting to yeah. see the stuff. Did you watch any of the international football? Any of the international games? Nah, fam. I I don't watch it. I, I'll I'll see what like what's going on and stuff. Apparently, there is a bit of a like a like the upcoming world, like the European World Cup ball flying and stuff. So. Um, like Denmark is undefeated and is probably gonna qualify. Oh, I think they did qualify. Uh, same. I think Germany was the first they nation to qualify, other than Qatar, the host, obviously. And I think Denmark yeah, is the second yeah. country to qualify, actually. Yeah. Ukraine has one win and six draws, six draws and nine points in seven games. Like whoa. Uh, Scotland might be hopeful to qualify. Wales have to kind of fight Czech Republic. And Norway and Turkey might have to compete for a spot as well. Austria's out and Poland and Albania are in the balance. And apparently Roma, Romania, North Macedonia, Armenia can all qualify. Um, and the other teams like the Spain, like the Spains and the Italy's and the England's are all expected to qualify as well. So might be a good one for our, um, like the European ones. I feel like the European ones are usually the most, uh, interesting in terms of like, oh, we've never seen these teams before. Right, we know like the South Americas. You'll have the Brazils and the Chiles and the Uruguays and the Argentinas, and then uh, with I think the Asia one, you'll have the Japan's and maybe Australia. I think are the two big ones. I'm not sure actually. That's something that we should look up. But yeah, yeah, well, probably. I'm, I don't know. I'm okay. With, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with just seeing the 32 teams or the 48 teams or whatever. How many number of teams that will be uh, in 2022 winter? So. Yeah. I mean, the only things I learned, like, I really turned off during this international break. One, because I was also traveling, so I really didn't have the time to keep up with what was going on. So it was all through word of mouth. Uh, like, uh, you know, hearing that Brazil is going to be playing, like, up until the night before uh, the Brentford-Chelsea game yeah. this Saturday. So, like, there's a chance your Brazilian assets might not be playing on the weekend, right? So 
kind of be take note mm-hmm. of that. I uh, I you know because I I live in England now so I can have access to the games and stuff. So in my hotel I had like the England Andorra game on in the background watching that live. It's so weird to see a game live and be like, "Oh, then the notifications come into my phone." Okay, that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> Did you see the fire at the stadium? No, but I heard some drama went down. Do you have something to touch on that? So what I and there's a video so there's a Sky News reporter and he's kind of talking into a mic and he's kind of talking like you know Kieran Trippier might be captain so that means Harry Kane might not start and Jordan Henderson might not start and stuff like that and then like he's just in the normal voice oh it seems like there's a fire there <laughs> and it's totally kind of erupting and he's just talking like same monotonous tone you know no exclamation or anything be like we should probably move for our own safety but it seems as the officials have kind of uh, are responding to it oh there's a few people up in the balcony there they should probably be like you know a bit worried but like you know same tone and everything until like you know be like like you know the other person like they're whatever the uh, newsroom kind of be like hey yeah you should probably get out of there man <laughs> How have they not learned to have like proper cues when serious shit is going down? Like, why do they keep filming? Just, just cut it. Just cut to the newsroom, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. But you know what? It was. It. But apparently, this was one of the first games which has been and like it was full synthetic pitch, so it was full turf. They weren't playing on um on like. That's what grass, it was apparently. because it's. It was looking like they were playing yeah. on Laurier Field, man. Oh, for those who don't know, Laurier yeah, is exactly, a kitchen exactly. Waterloo, you know, Laurier University. Shout out to yeah. any Laurier, you know, grads, undergrads, whatever, if you listen to the podcast. But yeah, that I, but I, I hate... shout out to Laurier. <laughs> but I, but <laughs> I, I hate playing on those surfaces because the ball is always extra bouncy. You end up with all that black uh, bouncy stuff in your shoes at the end of the sweat and like... The clay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, it's, it's very much like your touch has to be perfect, your pass has to be perfect, that sort of thing, you know? It's... It's a very funny mm-hmm, surface mm-hmm. to play on. For, speaking from experience, as you know, amateur ballers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, I think uh, let's get started with our segments. Ay, 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 ay. Fantasy. With the Banta Boys. Okay, so... Looking at the data dump. So, again, we're reviewing Game Week 7. And we're going to try to get through this as quick as possible because Ras has to run off somewhere to go teach the future of uh, Canadian generations. Um, so, <laughs> looking at key passes in Game Week 7, the highest number was 4. Uh, and there was a 5-way tie between Antonio, Brownhill, Cucurella, Rodrigo, and Richie. And then the next tier that we looked at was 3 key passes. And those were completed by Chilwell, Cresswell, Jesus, Pascal Gross, Jimenez, Cleek, Lucas Moura, Douglas Louise, Charlie Taylor, Trossard, and Zaha. Then we look at shots and how many of those were in target. So the highest number being six shots attempted, and that was by Harry Kane, four of them being on target. Trossard had one of them on target, and Timo Werner had four of them on target, right? I mean, he played Southampton, got his goal, mm-hmm. probably could have had a brace as well. Um, then we look at five shots attempted. That was by Ben Rama. He had two of them on target. Dallas had one of them on target. KDB had one of them on target, and I guess that was the goal that he scored versus you guys. Rafinha had zero on target. But again, Rafinha is shooting a lot, right? That's something we were talking about in previous episodes, etc. And Sun had one of them on target. 
final number for shots attempted is four. Chilwell had three of them on target. Gallagher had one of them on target. Mope had zero or four on target. Embuemo with one on target. Schlupp with one on target. And Townsend with one on target. Do you think for Chilwell, for the chances he got, Alonso would have... Because he still got a goal, but Alonso would have gone... If Alonso was in that spot, Alonso would have gone maybe a couple more or at least one more goal? Hard to say, right? Like, uh, it's always weird answering a question like that because I want to say, yeah, because, you know, Alonso's on form, that sort of thing. But if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time or last couple of times Chilwell played Southampton, he actually scored versus them, right? And now he got the international call-up. The game I watched, right, uh, versus Andorra, he scored the opening goal for England as well. And... Arguably could have had a second goal, the one that Bukayo Saka scored, because he was basically in the box for a tap-in. So I feel Mm -hmm. like Chilwell Mm -hmm. is starting to get that confidence again, starting to play better. And I would not be surprised. Yeah, for sure, right? You know, players struggling with mental health, anybody struggling with mental health, you want them to come out of that, right? And come out of it stronger. So it wouldn't surprise me if Chilwell gets his spot back, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the last uh, category I'm going to look at is accurate crosses into the box. And we're just going to look at one number because there was a bunch of ones. So we're just going to look at how to, how many players got two accurate crosses into the box. That's Mikhail Antonio, Brownhill, Cresswell, Foden, Goodmanson, Maddy Target, Charlie Taylor, Townsend, and AWB. Out of like the three categories that I mentioned just now, does any of this kind of jump out at you? Like you're surprised about any of these players putting up these numbers? Brownhill, because Brownhill usually plays a bit more central, right? But I think Brownhill is on corners, or it takes the odd set piece. Yeah, but remember that Burnley played Norwich in that game week as well. Okay, yeah, right? so then so like, you know... I feel like anyone <laughs> that plays Norwich, their stats probably, you know, get buffed up a little bit sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that that stood out to me was uh, Chilwell, right? Uh, basically having three key passes and having uh, the shots on target. So, again, it, it just yeah. kind of indicates yeah. that, you know, he didn't have a shitty game. He had a good game. He got a goal. So, yeah, you know, Alonso owners, be a little cautious right now, you know? I, be a little worried. That's all I'm saying. So... Quick shout out to Matt from Kent. He reached out to me on our Discord. Um, you know, he loves the pod, listens to us, whatnot. And he kind of asked if it's possible we can, you know, shout out some random other categories with, you know, a special outliers. So I just looked at the highest numbers for those random categories if something really, really stood out to me, right? So I want to say Wolf Zaha had nine dispossessions. Grant Hanley, a Norwich defender, had five interceptions and 15 clearances. Right, even though they played against Burnley, so I don't know if that speaks mm-hmm. volume of Burnley's potential to attack, or is Norwich actually truly terrible? <laughs> like, because like having to defend that much versus a Burnley team that doesn't really attack that much is just like, uh, you know. Um, and then I looked at uh, successful dribbles. You know, no surprise, Alan Saint Maximan. He had eight of them, and then. The players that topped the aerials were Ogbana and Pinnock uh, with nine aerials each. Yo, Pinnock has turned into a real asset this season, man. Yeah, man. I'm. He got. There was a bit of an injury scare, like after the Liverpool game. And, like, I'm wondering if he does one of his long throw ins and someone scores off it, does he get an assist? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. With Saha, though, so there's a concept, uh, there's a way of metric in, like, 
in basketball on the number of turnovers uh, a player has, right? And they see the higher, the usually the people that are higher on the list are like the your Russ Westbrooks or your your starting guards. And the idea is that the more ball you have, the more dispossessions and the more times you will lose it. So maybe a stat like nine dispossessions does kind of sound alarming, but it doesn't really sound alarming saying that like, you know, you know, Zaha has majority of the ball for Crystal the Palace. The play is going through him a lot. Yeah. More. yeah, 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 true. A lot more, yeah. So there's that point. And maybe then you need to kind of see it on like average time ball had and then kind of like correlate it to dispossessions and then kind of like, you know, standardize it a bit and see like, you know, do these nine dispossessions still kind of hold up on like, you know, because nine dispossessions, are, but at the end of the day, the way we measure it in fan tracks is 0.5 for each dispossession. So the fan tracks game isn't going to be like, you know, super kind to us in that sense, but um, just something to kind of see that like, okay, yeah, if Zaha got, but Zaha's always been known to dispossess the ball a lot because all the play goes through him. Yeah. So he has the ball most of the time for Crystal yeah. Palace. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, cool. Now let's do a Game Week 7 recap. Russ, what's the update on your OG League or your Banter Boys League? Anything, like, did you get a win, a loss? Like, is there any issues you have, concerns with your squad that you want to maybe discuss quickly? So, in the Banter Boys League, I had originally kind of lost. I was, like, you know, lost by 2.5 points. Sucks that, like, I didn't start Ronaldo and if I had started Ronaldo, even though he came off the bench, he would have won it for me because on the last day, I had, like, two less players playing. So, like, you know, all that happened. And then, like, you know, because of how many times Fantrax kind of switches up, like, the, the scores and, like, you know, final tallies and stuff, I ended up having a draw, 100-200 with Andreas. And I drew with him with two less players. So, I initially, I said GG Andreas. And then I saw and I was like, bro, like, I... I just lost by two points against you with two less players, so no GG anymore. <laughs> um, so, you know, Andreas was also pretty surprised. It was his first ever draw. I think it's my first ever draw, too, because they're so, like, you know, rare. hard to yeah, come yeah, by. So but there's always one. There's always one in one league. Yeah. Um, in my un- in my OG league, I'm still undefeated, but I'm going up against Daniel, who is also the other undefeated. So, you know. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, no, battle for top spot at the moment. So let's see. He has he has clearly the best team because he's the highest on points for. But like, if there was a metric of highest defense, I think I win that because I have the lowest points against. So, you know, I have a really good defense. He has a really good offense. So let's see what happens. All right. Well, you know what wins a league, right? So any any yeah. issues with either one of those squads, though? Do you have any doubts about some of your assets that you, you're like, uh, should I drop him? Should I keep him? That sort of thing. With my Banter Boys League, my, like, it's a big injury thing right now. So I have Hakim Ziyech and Christian Pulisic. Pulisic, who, like, might or might not be coming back. Hakim Ziyech doesn't really start regularly in the Premier League. So, like, I have a lot of players who are, like, injured. Thiago might be injured and stuff like that. So, for me, it's, like, long-term. Okay, I should keep these assets because, you know, they're going to start. They're going to start and they're going to start. They might, when if they hit a couple of games in form, they might get... Like, you know, uh, they might get a few run games and it'll be good to kind of have them. In my OG league, the only thing that I'm kind of worried about is Sterling because rumors are kind of popping up on like, he might be sold, you know, he might not be at, he not he might not be at City come January. 
I'm hoping with Newcastle getting like you know the influx of money that he just stays local and just like you know ships a few uh a few hundred kilometers you know to Newcastle, but not like go to like Juventus or whatever because that's where a lot of the rumors are popping up from. So that's what I'm kind of hoping. But apparently his time rumors obviously and don't know how like strong the rumors are but like apparently his time at said he might be done in january yeah i mean we should probably should have started the banter section with the newcastle takeover whoa yeah whoa the richest by like all of them combined yeah you know all the premier league clubs combined still riches by a significant amount it's like the captain planet of epl clubs <laughs> exactly the um the net worth of the the fund that's 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 bought that's bought Newcastle is about four hundred thirty five billion. Jesus. And the next highest owner is like, um, the Sheikh Mansour for Man City, who's about like ninety or like sixty or something. So like a big gap, and like you know, but apparently the fund the fund that's bought. Newcastle said like you know we're not going to do like you know put like a million a billion dollars right at the start they're going to be like um they said like they're going to do 150 million per year for four years and see where that gets them right so so how long on like how many seasons do you think it's going to take for us to see Newcastle in a European competition it city took three years so I'm guessing for yeah, so about that time. Four years, if they have the right investments and they, if they get the right people like managing the club, I I would say yeah, about four years we would see them kind of competing with like the top six, right, or the big six. Yeah, and if you had to pick one player from their current squad to stay in that team, because you know with all that money, men getting shipped out for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Steve Bruce is definitely gone. Yeah, but I think first the only player that stays. Is ASM hundred percent for me as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone else like, is bye bye. The, there's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's a significant gap in like you know, I'm just waiting for the Rubinho's like debacle that happened when Man City bought uh or not though no, Rubinho was yeah, not under was the, the new that owners. That was the first but, signing, right? When they got the money, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Rubinho, wh- I think. Was it was I that under? So. Yeah, was it under Rubinho? It was I think so because you know he was supposed to go Chelsea, yeah. but City kind of swooped yeah. in. But Rubinho <laughs> thought he was going to United, so <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go to I'll go to Manchester," not knowing that there's another club in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> and then turns out it's Manchester City. <laughs> Dead. Okay, let's do a quick recap on our public leagues for the Banter Boys account. In the DPL Community League, the Traore Triad League. By the way, when you combine all the leagues together, Andres is first in all of the uh, DPL nice. Community League. So shout out to you, Andres. Congrats. Nice. All of our advice G-G. and help is for paying this, off. For this, Andres, you got a GG. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's <laughs> still asked for help in this one too. But... Um, but but technically we're all first. Yeah, exactly. Right? So we're all winning. The community wins when Andres wins. We love you, bro. Um, so I unfortunately had a loss in this game, sixty-eight to eighty-three point seven five points. The final nail in the coffin was when KDB scored uh, that goal versus Liverpool. My opponent obviously had him. So I sit in fifth place on thirteen points. The top three in that uh, in my league is on eighteen points. So I'm not too far off that place. It's a little sad, though, that my highest scoring player was Charlie Taylor, who I brought in on the waivers. He scored 21 points. The second highest being a goalkeeper. And you know my love of goalkeepers, right? With Ramsdale with 12.5. So, 
I dumped Charlie Taylor. I am on this whole, I'm going to target Norwich. So I basically wavered in Lewis Dunk for Charlie Taylor. But now I'm a little concerned about my squad, right? Varane is injured now. Laporte, even though I have him, mm-hmm. he seems to be very clean sheet dependent. But I mean, Rashford is back from injury, right? So I'm like, do you think it's it's smart to drop either Varane or Laporte? Or do I hold them and just try to, like, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? I mean, do you have an IR spot? No, in neither of my leagues, honestly. Oh, uh. yeah. Uh, I was like, you can move Varane into the injury, <laughs> yeah, injury spot and bring Rashford back. Yeah. So that's that's probably what I need to look into. See what I'm trying to like ship out one of my forwards to uh, get Rashford back in my team, but I'll see what I have to do. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Laporte, but like City do have the best defense, bro. Like yeah. it's beyond doubt that like that's true, right? We saw the expected table. Apart from like our draw, I think most like you know obviously the first game was like a like you know error and but they've only conceded the three goals yeah. this yeah. season in the Premier League. And two of them were against the best offense and the other one was a lucky deflection. So So you're, so you're telling me I shouldn't pick up Phil Jones then. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> did you see him trying to dribble but then him like totally fumbling oh, no, I, and, like United not, training or no, something? But Apparently, there's another video. I don't know how recent this is. That he magged like they were doing Rondo and like Ole was in the middle, and he magged Ole. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's why he's getting the start. Ole just feels bad, you know. Oh man. Okay, in the Champions Cup though, the cup knockout format for that. Again, I had another loss. Um, sixty-eight points to seventy-nine point five points. I'm fifth place of the six teams, six points behind. Uh, but there are six games left, so. Maybe by some miracle, hook or, by hook or crook, I can somehow get one of those top two spots. I really doubt it, though. But let's jump across to the IGL League, International Genie League. Our boy, Robbie P, is top of all leagues in that competition. Big shout out to you, Robbie. You talked to us a lot um, off the air, so, you know, shout out to you. Nice. Looking at the IGL Cup in that. So the IGL Cup is a knockout version in this one. It's not like a points table like the other one. And my first opponent I'm facing in this game week, right? So good luck to whoever you are. I don't know who you are, but I hope I beat you as well. Um, But moving on to the Sunday league, the regular standings, that sort of thing. Another dub for the Banter Boys. 117.75 versus 92.75. I basically beat one of the guys that I was tied on points with. So now I have my three-point gap again at the top. 18 points, first place. And my points for, get this, 130 points ahead. Damn, man. Damn. Just killing it. Yeah. So I feel like even if I was... I can afford to I can afford to lose a game, basically, right? So let's hope I don't, though, because I'm playing, I think, one of the other teams that is only three points behind me. So now I'm just trying to extend my lead a bit further on into the season, right? And in that league, I wavered in Andreas Christensen for Moutinho. I feel like because we don't play with the additional statistics like we did in the OG league, you know, with the ball recoveries and all that sort of stuff. Ball recoveries Moutinho and the just, stuff, yeah, yeah, Moutinho just feels like not as good of an asset this season. I don't know. How do you feel about that pickup? Was it decent? Because, okay, let me let me I just mean, note that I've got Thiago Silva and Azpilicueta in my defense as well. So, like, I'm kind of covering that rotation. Yeah, and, like, it's... For Moutinho, his points were like his assist heavy, right? And he would be regularly on set pieces, which I don't know. He he is sometimes, but you also see the share also being shared out to like if Podence is starting, he's also on set pieces too. Um, 
uh Neves is sometimes on set pieces. So all of these things are kind of coming into place. Um and he's also kind of like, you know, La- Bruno Lage is kind of doing like that three rotation midfielder, like, you know, um the Dunker, Ruben Neves, and Moutinho, and just kind of making sure there's they're not like super fatigued. I feel like at one point in the future, if you did need a midfielder, you would probably go pick up Moutinho and still be able to get him. So. Yeah, 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 true. Okay, well, I mean, when I last checked, he was still a free agent, right? So I might be safe with that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and finally, we want to look at the perfect 11 competition that we're in. So we moved from 31st up to 13th. And that is because in the last game week period, if you look at all teams and how they scored, we came second overall and Ryan, our other host or, you know, other guy that pods with us, came in third overall. So, and this is like, yeah, right? So, Banner Boys represent, man. Okay, finally, I think now we can move on to some Twitter questions and some trades that we kind of came across in our OFPL leagues, etc. All right, Ross, before we get to the Twitter questions, I just want to, you know, get your opinion on these trades. And remember, uh, listeners, for this one, we're just going to talk OFPL scoring. That's because we take questions from some of our listeners for that. So we got a trade. Uh, The other manager was offering Greenwood and Bamford, and they wanted McNeil and Lukaku from us. How do you feel about that? Mm, I mean, Greenwood's kind of lost his... possibly lost his spot now, right? With Bradford coming back and then, you know, him taking up that left wing and then Sancho possibly going back right wing. I don't know. Like, you know, it's a good problem for United to have with Rashford coming back. So, hey, but I know Greenwood might be kind of like, you know, you don't want to drop him, drop him from the squad. But at the same time, one of your best players is coming back. So, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, does he continue starting? All right. What about the next trade? Tyranny and Greenwood for T-Baby and McNeil. I mean, you're never giving away TAA, right? Yeah, exactly. TAA is like, you know, unless you're getting another top three round pick. Like Unless Robertson. you're getting like a Salah or like one of those. Yeah. Not even like unless you're getting like a, oh, I you I thought know, you meant like top three defender pick sort of thing. Oh, no, no. Unless you're, I don't think, I think TAA is significantly higher than the rest of his defensive cohort when it comes to like points for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So even even when he conceded like the three goals against Brentford, he still had like six points. Yeah. So Okay, uh what about this next one? Bowen and Wilson for McNeil and Jimenez. I feel I feel like that's a lot closer, right? And again, this is OFPL. Yes, that's a lot closer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a lot closer. Wilson's just coming back from uh injury, right? Uh I'm assuming this is Callum Wilson. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are there any other Wilsons? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Not this not this season. But Jimenez seems to be getting up in form too. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like Bowen and Wilson is a good trade for McNeil and Jimenez because this is OFPL, but McNeil doesn't really put up regularly assistant goals like Bowen and Wilson might. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, interesting. And last one is Gallagher for James Ward Prowse. No. James Ward Prowse is a second round pick, man. So I don't know why you would trade a like Gallagher's good and he's been playing really well, but I wouldn't trade even if he is like you know banned for what two games or whatever. Yeah, so. and the thing is, I feel like now with Milivojevic back, he's taking some of the set pieces for Crystal Palace, and now JWP without Ings there is basically nailed for penalties, and all his free kicks are like penalties, anyways, right? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, yeah, let's move on to the Twitter questions, Ross. Okay, so the first question we have is uh, Shirag underscore Verma is asking, should we, there's like four questions. Yeah, should we be worried about Lukaku's last of ghost lack of ghosties? Um, no, because I think his lack of ghosties were down to maybe also our attack wasn't kind of figured out completely as well. But even if I don't think he's going to have a lot of games with not scoring, right? When we go back to our prediction pod, I feel like one of us would have predicted Lukaku to get the golden boot. So I wouldn't worry too much about that, really. I, I mean, it's he's not no Ivan Tony, right? Ivan Tony is like a gem in terms of the ghosties, it seems. But I, I don't know. Like, how, how often are you really going to want to bench Lukaku or trade away Lukaku? Yeah, you don't. And But knowing playing with Lukaku when he was at United and when he was at Everton, this was always a concern. It was really easy for teams to isolate him. And when that happens, his ability to be influential in terms of attacking returns is significantly cut down where his role then becomes to kind of hold up the ball and like letting like, you know, the Mounts and the Havertzes or at that time, the Ibrahimoviches and the Rashfords kind of let through, right? So... I think his role might change compared to kind of the te- I think, again, if he goes up against a team like City and Liverpool, uh, it's very easy for them to kind of isolate them. And we saw that against City and Liverpool where his points weren't really there. But his but like his role isn't then at that point to then like, you know, be the goal scorer. His point is to then to hold up the ball and you don't get points for holding up the ball. Yeah, so, and let's not forget that Mason Mount has been missing for the last few games as well. And I think he is... a key part of our attack as well right i mean if you look remember the game versus arsenal like mason mount what had two really big chances for lukaku in that game as well right and he kind of helped unlock lukaku's potential i mean we've even heard conte come out and say how i don't think chelsea and tuchel has properly figured out how to get the best out of lukaku so i feel like it can only get better from here and don't forget, we we had one of the toughest uh, runs to start the season as well, right? And it's supposed to get easier from now. Mm-hmm. So I'd say just, you know, stick to your guns and just keep starting him. Yeah. So next question, Cho, a good pickup for next week, next game week. That's random. I don't know why you would want to. Because like, who is he? Because I believe Reese James is back in training as well. So I'm assuming he's going to be playing the games and stuff. So... Yeah, I don't know. It it might just be like, wait on the lineups. If they come through, then pick him up sort of thing. But I wouldn't be in a rush too much. Unless, you know, you had that extra spot to kind of fuck with. So, Yeah. Will Zinchenko start? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Will he? I mean, he, he's not been fit. He hasn't been playing. I know he's supposed to be due back after the international break. I wouldn't be in a rush personally to go pick him up, to be honest. What about you, Russ? No, I think uh, there. Why would you fix a defense that's already been like getting points for you? So yeah, agreed. Trincao slash Podence, who keeps the spot? I think Trincao. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, like we saw Podence come back and immediately kind of get that starting spot. But I think there will be like depending on who's fitter, it'll be like a week in week out. So if you have one, maybe one of those things where you also have the other one also in your lineup just so you can have 
you know, replace them as the games kind of come up. It's called a handcuff, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but the only thing is Trinkau's a forward and Podence is a mid, right? Oh, yeah. That's that's probably true as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So that, that makes it a bit more difficult or complicated. I, I mean, like, so far, based on Fantrax points-wise, like, Trinkau has definitely smashed it. And, I mean, eye test-wise as well, he kind of does look better. Let's not forget, Podence has been coming off from a long layoff as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think... Honestly, those guys are probably fighting for a spot right now because I think right now, if you had to pick like a front three, it's Raul Jimenez, Huang, and whoever else is good enough. Because look, Adama even mm-hmm. got benched, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, right? yeah, and that that leads us to our next question. Thank you, by the way, Sherlock, for asking this question. So thank you at Brisbane Brando asked us Traore question mark. That's it. That's the question. Yeah, boy. If you invested in baby oil, I'd be worried about your money right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's as great of his fan tracks returns. You when you see him play, you're like, get like be be like you know be more threatening, like you know score more goals, get more assists. Right? His points are great, and like you know those are all on paper. But at the end of the time, your goal is to get goals and get assists. And if that isn't happening, then you need to figure out at what is your best lineup where you are getting goals and getting assists. And like, you know, when Jimenez kind of started and or Jimenez's last two games have been pretty good. Uh, he got the goal and he the game after that, he got two assists. And I think for both of them, Adama didn't start. So hint, hint, you know. So like, you know. what are you doing if you own him, Ross? Would you be trying to trade him as high as possible now before it gets worse with more benchings? I honestly don't know. I'm glad I'm not in this. Situ- I had him last year and I was really frustrated, but I kept with him until he got to this starting 11 and then like kind of kept a spot with, with injuries. But I honestly don't know because I don't know who will kind of, he will definitely go for the cheap now unless you're able to kind of bamboozle someone, but he will definitely go for the cheap now because people have already probably realized that like he's probably lost his spot. And we probably need to do like, you know, show that his like, you know, he is able to kind of put the goals in and put the like, you know, even put the goals in or get the goals and assists. Right. So until he doesn't start showing that, I don't think he's going to be regularly starting. Yeah. Hold on. There's someone at my door. Just give me a second. Yeah. Sorry. That was uh, that was uh, dinner being dropped off at my front door. Oh, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. nice, nice, nice. I'm, I'm basically Room. like a, yeah, yeah, you know, in a sense. They just ring the bell and I go collect it. I'm basically like a fancy-ass dog right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, honestly, I think I'd be trying to trade Traore out maybe and get something like really, really good. Like one of those midfielders that are really hard to acquire this season. That's one is like on set pieces that he hasn't like really smashed out out of the park. Maybe like a JWP for an Adama Traore. I don't know. I, I still don't know. I don't know if anyone gives up JWP. If if you you and you have JWP, um, if you if someone offers a Dominator for JWP, do you take that trade? Ooh, probably not, huh? <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. So I think you then need to kind of peg it down even lower in terms. Okay. Of what like about a Phil Foden? Consistent midfielder, like a guy who's like on that pepper. Nah, even then, even no. then, no. I like Phil, Phil Foden still has. A lot of value. I feel like he's finally coming to that spot. I think it's like a Conte. Uh, well, when it depends spe- if you play with or- those extra categories, though, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So when you're when he's fit and he that means he's starting and he'll get you seven eight points, but you know he's that first name on that team sheet and that's a midfielder that you might need to kind of go for is that get minutes or you know what like trying to see if you can do other moves and just have Traore as like a luxury player for when he starts you put him into your lineup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe just hold and hope that you have other people to play. Okay, cool. Thanks, Brandon, for your question. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. All right, so next question we have from Ryan Atchum at Chingbling88. Doubling up on Ronaldo and Lukaku, pros and cons. If you were to drop one, which and when? So I think his question comes from like uh, OFPL, like regular FPL season sort of thing. Uh, that is a bit interesting to uh, answer because of the amount of money that you have. So I don't know. You don't play the regular game, right, Russ? No, not anymore. So uh, Lukaku's price is around 11.5. Ronaldo's 12.5, right? Obviously, they kind of fluctuate depending on how the market is, etc. And the thing is for me is that you can't have too many premiums in that game because then you're owning a bunch of like shitty players. Like you're gonna your squad's gonna be filled with like a bunch of uh I don't know, let's say Gallagher's and Josh Brownhills and that sort of stuff, right? So I mean mm-hmm, if you're gonna mm-hmm. spend your money, you're gonna obviously put it into Salah, right? Mo Salah is the first thing that comes to mind, right? But with the tough fixture run that is coming up for Manchester United you might have to do a bit of like a, a juggle, right? Between these two and maybe just go for the easier fixtures because like, I feel like at any point, again, if you own both, you're gonna, you can't buy the likes of like, you know, Rafinha and, uh, you know, like a Hyungmin son or something like that. And you can't like divest your portfolio. Is that the right financial term? I don't know. I'm an, I'm an engineer. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I hope that, that yeah, I, I hope that yeah. helps, you know. But if you want to talk, let's talk about yeah. it off air or something like that. Let's let's stick to the draft. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Um, next question we have is from Jorge Eduardo at Jorge Eduardo. Um, I picked up Rodrigo since Bamford is out and Leeds have a good run. Should I keep him? I also have Kaleci and could bring in Huang for either of the two mentioned above. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Bamford is out. I, I expect Bamford to come back. Uh, because the international break came in at the perfect time for him. So I won't be surprised if Rodrigo is going to get benched again. That sort of thing. And I don't think Rodrigo did that well even in his cameos so far in the season. I mean, his biggest contribution was that Rafinha dummy that he had when Rafinha shot the ball and, like, Rodrigo dummied it and it just went... Yeah, but that, I don't right? think you get points for being a dummy. Yeah, you don't get... It's a bit it's a bit harsh, but, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if he had to drop one of those guys, I would definitely drop Rodrigo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? That, that's mm-hmm. a, obvious for me. Because if you have Kalechi as well, yeah. I think Kalechi is now going to get a run of games. Like, I feel like Rodgers finally came to his senses and started the guy. Yeah. Is Vardy still out? Vardy was out? We'll find out. What do you mean? Vardy was out for what? Vardy got injured. When? Yeah, Vardy got injured, no? no? Did he? I don't think so. Oh, he's back? I didn't even know he was out. Oh, man. What? <laughs> oh, I, I, thought, I thought he got injured, but like, maybe not. Maybe he came back and maybe it was all no, good. I don't think it was anything serious. Yeah. So he should be fine. Okay. But yeah, right. drop Rodrigo yeah. Um, and go pick up Huang. Like, but be careful about Huang. I feel like he is kind of return dependent. Like his ghosties aren't good 
or great. So just be careful with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Jorge. Thank you for asking. So the next question, the final question we have is from Brandon at Brandon Brisbo. Is it Timo time? And what's happened to Bisuma? So on the second part, I know uh, UK has very significant kind of like policies and like laws around like, you know, conjecture and stuff like that. And I don't want to use like, I don't want to, especially Sanji, since you're also in the UK. So I don't want to say anything and then it becoming kind of like, you know, public knowledge and it being used as evidence. So uh, all we know is that there was a player that got uh, arrested at a nightclub for assault. And we saw an Bisuma, a, alleged, a video of Bisuma also being kind of arrested on the same day. But that's all we know in terms of facts. I don't know if anything official has kind of come out with regards to like, you know, Brighton releasing a statement on it. But yeah, with Timo, Sanji, I feel like you're the best person to kind of ask this question. Yeah, man. What What is up with Bisuma? At least Mendy has company now. Oh, that was a terrible joke, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Timo time. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting one because I feel like a few episodes ago we got a question from a girl. I think it was Amanda or something like that. Uh, she asked us, you know, whether it's it's a good time to pick up Timo. He's free in my league, or should she drop him because he wasn't getting game and all that? I, I don't know. It's weird to say. Like, I know he tried to start with both Kai and Lukaku up top, but that wasn't really working out for him. So it it just could be like a game by game basis basis, sorry. Because I still think a fully fit Mason Mount starts with Lukaku as part of that front three or whatever. So that that Timo time thing, like unless you have like another player to to I don't know, to start when he gets benched, then yeah, like I don't know. It's it's weird with Timo, bro. Like, wasn't it like he... I think he's been, like, uh, 16 times he had, like, his goal ruled off or something like that in the league so far. Something crazy like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, yeah. if you have to say that he's due goals, then yeah, definitely. He's more than due some goals, right? But again, with us being in Champions League and Cup games and stuff like that, I, I don't know, man. It's it's a weird one to say because Timo's never been known for his ghosties either. I don't think so, at least from like his previous season. So, well, what do you think, Ross? Like, uh, as if you owned T- Timo Werner, would you be holding him or trying to trade him after he just scored? I would. I would hold him. I think. I I wouldn't rely on Timo, but I would hold him to hope that like when he does start. You can put him in your team. You can put him in your starting eleven. I the same reason why I have Ziyech and Pulisic. So um, yeah, I would I would hold. Yeah, like you just expect Chelsea to score goals, right? And you kind of want to be part of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So that is all our questions. I mean, you kind of touched on the Bisuma part, and I made a really inappropriate joke. So I think we should move on. Yeah. And that's it for the questions. Yeah. So now is the perfect time for me to take my halftime pint slash juice box break. Hey, juice box break. That kind of is a cashy thing, you know? We, that can be a thing. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you yeah, after the JBB. break. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. Okay, so now we're going to run through a bit of an injury update. And again, we take this information from premierinjuries.com. 
I hope that URL is right. If not, just Google it. Premier Injuries, you know. Ben Dinnery runs the website. The injury guru himself. And we also scrape some of the information from the Fantrax website as well. Because they give timely updates. Okay, so at Arsenal, uh, Xhaka, don't worry about him. He's out for three months. Don't consider him as an asset. Though, that means Sambi might get time. So, you know, look out for him in our next segment. At Aston Villa, Leon Bailey. So the last update was September 29th. He's recovering well, but I think they're going to kind of ease him into it because he seems to be picking up these reoccurring injuries and niggles. So I would still keep an eye on for him uh, after the international break. He looks like a really exciting asset that could, you know, have really explosive games. And he's Jamaican. Who doesn't want to roster a Jamaican? Ross, you want to drop your Yaman? No, no. My Jamaican yeah. air horn, not the Yaman. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do accents on this, bro. At Brentford, uh, Ayer hamstring strain he had uh, before the international break, but he should be back. Same thing with Yanelt. He was like a last-minute pullout for that last fixture uh, with a thigh injury. There's no return date noted, but I feel like he should be back. But if he is not, you know, Matthias Jensen, that's your chance to come do some things, man. At Brighton, Webster, September 17th, the last update was he should be back off the international break. With Basuma, yeah, just, you know, kind of, if you own him, I would say it's safe to drop him. I would kind of not be banking on him returning anytime soon because we haven't really even gotten an update from that situation as well, which is no, even more no, worrying. Haven't. Possible, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, possible situation, exactly. right? So. so, Danny Welbeck. Last update was he's seeing a specialist. That guy, Welbs, just can't catch a break with his injuries, man. So, no possible return date chalked down at the moment. I think you can afford to drop him. At Burnley, Cornet. I didn't back this up. Like, I didn't check it. But I think they had expected him to travel on international duty. So, he should be back after the international break. If he is, yo, go pick that guy up. He looks like a very exciting prospect. Like, the same uh, along the likes of, like, Leon Bailey. Ben Mee, I believe he had missed that game. Uh, they had a different centre-back with Tarkowski for that game. Uh, apparently, there was a bit of an ankle twist that he had a little bit before that. But he should be fine and back after the international break as well. Now, moving on to Chelsea. Thiago Silva. So, he's a doubt for the Brentford game because Brazil are playing like up until the day before that fixture. And he's flying back into the country the day off that Brentford game. So he's definitely not going to play. Uh, Rudiger, I think, pulled out of the last Germany game as well. He had some lower back pain. But I feel like that's just international nonsense, like heebie-jeebies or whatever. And I feel like he should be okay for the Brentford game. Same thing with Lukaku. They talked about muscle overload for him. He didn't play the last game for Belgium. I expect that he will be back. Pulisic now. Um, the Villa game was apparently too soon for him. So there might be a bit of positive news on that, Ross. So, you know, feel confident that you're still holding on to Pulisic because we've kind of struggled on the attacking end of our team. So maybe he's one of the players that kind of jumps in and fills that role for us. Reese James, mm -hmm. pictured in training again. So, you know, good signs. Hold on to your uh, Reese James asset. Don't trade him out. And N'Golo Kante, I don't think I saw an update, but Ross, you said he returned to full training, I believe? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the fan track says, that he's been returned to full Perfect. training. Perfect. So, he has recovered from COVID. Everyone loves to hear that. 
Crystal Palace, there's no real update over there. At Everton, the likes of DCL, Richarlison, Coleman, they were all expected on the other side of the international break because they were all dealing with their own individual injuries. Uh, so let, let's see how that goes. Luca Dean uh, should be back at Everton as well. So managers, you know, keep the faith for sure. Even though he's not really been performing as one of those top defending assets this season, eh? Real drop off in his value. What would you do as an owner before yeah. you continue? Hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like by back at Everton, I guess we mean that like he's been back, he's back at Everton being assessed there, not with the French team anymore. And I guess all the players are kind of coming back. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Hope. Like, you know, you are still a Rafa Benitez defender. So, yeah. 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 True. 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 All right. Moving on to Leeds. So, the last update on Bamford was around September 30th was that he was saying he would be ready to run in 10 days. So, I mean, if you do the math correctly, he should be back trading with the team now. Um, again, we're recording on a Wednesday evening, BSC time. So there's probably going to be more updates when the managers do their press conferences and stuff. So keep an eye out for that. If you're still, you know, unsure the night before um, the game week starts, and obviously you can adjust your lineups during the game week, shoot us a DM and Maybe if we find the information before you do, we can help you out. Calvin Phillips, there was a cough strain. He's still being assessed. Luke Ayling. So I don't know if you own Luke Ayling. Would you be dropping him? Because apparently he needed a surgical fix for a little problem in his knee. Nothing too serious. But Ooh. yeah, you know, you never like to hear the word surgery involved in w- with an asset. So I guess, yeah. would you be dropping him like comfortably? Yeah, you would, right? Yeah, possibly. Also, by the way, on... For Cornet, I just saw that their latest game on October 11th against Malawi, he was an unused sub for Ivory Coast. Okay, so that's good news. So, Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on to Leicester. James Justin. Okay, I know it's a bit early to say, but just keep an eye on him. Possible return mid-November, right? It could be a good asset. And I feel like the Leicester defense will slowly improve as they get their better assets into the play. And by better, I mean basically not Siyunchu. Um, For Ndidi, he had a thigh injury. So that's going to keep him out a bit longer as well. Maybe early November return we're looking at. And Johnny Evans should be back after the break. But he's struggling with this plantar fasciitis issue. And I feel like when it comes into the thicker set of fixtures in the Christmas period, he won't be playing back-to-back games. So what would you do if you own Johnny Evans or you're thinking of picking him up, Ross? You don't depend... Like, it's the same thing on, like, you don't depend on Johnny Evans, right? You have your core defense and then you you hope... Johnny Evans, when he starts, he's a really good defender, both in terms of ghost points, goal threat, all these things. So... Yeah, I would still kind of have him because he will still play games. It's just a matter of not like playing back-to-back games or not playing. If you see he plays Europa, he not, he might not play Premier League. Those sort of things. Oh, and by the way, I sorry if I scared anyone if I said Jamie's, Jamie Vardy's injured. I thought I saw news that he had a muscle pull, but I can't find it anymore. So, Jamie Vardy is not injured. <laughs> I just assume everything is great. Oh, yeah. Okay. Moving on to Liverpool. So we know Thiago Alcantara had a cough issue. I'm assuming he's going to be back after the break. We know that uh, Klopp and, you know, the Liverpool peeps came out and said TA should be available for the game versus Watford, which is fantastic news as both owners of TBB. Uh Jota, I saw a very interesting update. There's a little chance that he plays. And even if he does or is comfortable... 
it might only be from the bench. Anything to clarify on that? Even more, even more recent update. So Liverpool officially tweeted out that um, Trent and Jota are expected to be available for a clash with Watford on Saturday. So. Fantastic. All yeah. right. And finally, uh, you had some notes about Allison and Fabinho, Ross. You want to touch on that? So I think it's the same idea for like Thiago Silva. Like they are the when Brazil are playing late into the week, and Allison Fabinho might not get back and be get a chance with like a training session and be available for the selection for Watford. So they might probably miss the Liverpool kind of. Uh, they Liverpool have asked the Brazilian national team to let Allison and Fabinho go early, but it, no news on that. So, yeah, keep an eye out for, like, people you might be able to pick up in terms of Allison and Fabinho replacements if you have them. Fabinho, I feel like you can drop, but Allison, you probably don't want to drop because you will definitely be back the game after. But, yeah, they might not feature against Watford. Okay, and moving on to Manchester City. Uh, Zinchenko and Gundogan were doubts before the break, but I expect them to be available again at Manchester United. Now, Varane apparently picked up an adductor strain in that final for France uh, versus, who was it? They played Spain, I believe. Uh, they ended up winning the trophy or something, France did. Uh, but the thing is, like, Varane was walking around with the trophy and celebrations and stuff. So it doesn't seem too serious. But then Manchester United came out and said how he's going to be missing for a few weeks. So, yeah, just, you know, something to note. Go pick up Phil Jones. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. Um, Rashford, back as an option again. He should be up for selection. And I'm really excited as a Rashford owner. I think I picked him up in like the fifth or sixth round in my draft. You picked him up even later, I believe. Yeah, like seventh, eighth That's or something. That's crazy. So, so yeah, looking forward to the points because um, he was a beast last season yeah. while carrying the injury. Exactly. And they just had a, like a behind the go- closed doors friendly against Blackburn and he scored twice. There so, you good go, news, fam. You know? All right. And Harry Maguire maybe back off to the break. Unlikely for the Leicester game, though. That's what Rob Dawson from ESPN says. (laughs) At Newcastle, Callum Wilson pictured in training again. Dubravka could be back off to the break. Joe Willock, I know he came off as a sub during his last game. It was a bit of a hip knock, so, you know, one to kind of keep an eye on. I don't think there's really other Newcastle assets that are worth mentioning, per se. Uh, at Norwich, um, Matthias Norman, he had a ab injury. I don't know. Did he pop one of his six, seven, eight abs? I don't know how many abs this guy has. But should be back after the break. A bit more concerning for Cantwell owners. Uh, Achilles injury, possible. Like, maybe a strain or something like that. But would you really be keen to hold on to Cantwell? He hasn't really performed this season. Probably yeah. not. No, probably not. And he's barely played, right? Even before that, it was like personal reasons on which he was missing the game. So, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, drop and maybe if he starts, comes back, you might want to pick him up. But at this point. Yeah. Uh, Southampton. I know Che Adams had a bit of a muscular injury or while on international duty with Scotland. So keep an eye on that. JWP, the reason he's going to be missing the next two game weeks is because of his red card versus Chelsea. So don't be dropping this guy. Don't be crazy. Just hold on to him. Keep the faith. Keep the patience, right? At Watford. Oh, sorry. At Spurs. I completely ignored Spurs. I mean, as everyone should. I love you, Spurs fans. You know we love you, you know? Okay. (laughs) Bergwijn. September 24th. uh, There was no return date for him. I think it's just some 
issue that they've been trying to manage. So keep an eye on that, though I wouldn't be surprised if Luca Mora gets to start again. For Watford, Josh King, October 7th, it was noted that he had a knee injury and he might not be back until October 23rd. But the thing, okay, with Watford now, they had a managerial change we saw. The Tinkerman is back, Ranieri. It's going to be interesting to see how he even, you know, lines that squad up, right? Who knows if maybe Ishmael Asar mm-hmm. is a dud of an asset now. I, I wouldn't think so, but... Mm-hmm. it. I don't think so, you yeah. Might, we might have some surprise assets coming out of uh, Watford now, right? Um, okay, moving on to West Ham. Sufal, apparently on October 6th, it was mentioned he had a groin issue, but should be back after the break as well. Then, finally, moving on to Wolves. There's no return date for Nevers, I saw. But, Ross, you might have something to touch on this. So, four or five days ago, there was news that like he missed a session with... Portugal, and that's where, like, you know, they, it would have said that, like, you know, he might be out, but against the game against Luxembourg, he was on the bench. He did come on and had an assist for Portugal. So it seems that that whatever injury concern there might have been is now gone, as he has already featured since that news has come. So, okay. And Trincao had gotten COVID 19, and there was no return date for him. So let's hope he has a quick recovery. Again, middle of the week, we're going to get better updates towards the end with the press conference and stuff. So just keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I think we can move on to our last segment, which is the FA slash waiver picks for your game week eight. All right, Ross. So I'm going to do the home picks. You can do the away picks, right? Starting us off with Watford versus Liverpool. I'm going to recommend Josh King, 39% owned. I know he's coming back from an injury, but while he was starting to play and he started to settle in, the guy is really, really good for ghost points. And if Ranieri can figure out a system for these guys and include Josh King, he might be a bit of a gem moving forward. Mm -hmm. For Liverpool, um, Kelleher, uh, Kilman Kelleher, if Alisson is missing for this game, He's our number two. He's our goalkeeper. Especially if you own Allison. So you probably want to like, you know, get that replacement quick. And my he's 1.6% owned, so you probably still have a chance. Only like the diehard Ryan's Ryan's and Ross's know that like, you know, Kelleher is probably gonna be the backup goalie for this or will be the starting goalie for this upcoming game. And then Hendo, who's 48% owned, he'll be coming back and he won't play against, he won't start against I don't think he started against Andorra. So, you know, um, he might have a bit better fitness and he's only 48% owned. All right, moving on to the next game, Aston Villa versus Wolves. So a couple of assets I'm going to suggest is Konsa, 42%, and Courtney with a K, House, 12% owned. So I think the latter is a bit of a watch and see because it depends on whether or not they stick with this back three formation. But we know that they're both serious threats from set pieces right and Wolves let's not forget did struggle to score earlier in the season right Villa have kind of looked really really good so maybe they keep a clean sheet Aston Villa because Emmy Martinez has looked amazing for Argentina yet again mm-hmm. for Wolves a goalie Jose saw 46% owned probably the only one that might be available does put up good numbers yes the last the two games ago it would have been kind of um inflated because he had the assist and the clean sheet um but again you know still a possible if you're looking for a goalkeeper so good opportunity to kind of go for Jose Sa I love that um 
what was it? He he got like thirty something points one day and like negative points the other day. He's like yeah. so inconsistent, man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Leicester versus Manchester United is our next game. Johnny Evans, eleven percent owned. We talked to him about him a bit earlier. Like Ross suggested, make sure that he's not like one of your main defenders on your roster. Just have him as a backup because when he does play, he gets points. What about at United? Uh, Lindelof. Um. With Ferrani possibly out and Maguire possibly out, you're probably thinking who would start. Lindelof would be probably the one of the first names on that sheet in terms of central back. So I don't know if I want to like you know tell you to go pick up Bai or uh, like Phil Jones. So let's stick with Lind just Lindelof and end it there. <laughs> I go pick up Phil Jones. You heard this from me. Go do it now, now. <laughs> All right, Manchester City versus Burnley is our next game. Manchester City, you're not gonna get any players. Like everyone is owned at Manchester City. What about at Burnley? I don't know if I want to suggest a Burnley defender because they always get wrecked against Man City. So if you are looking for a midfielder, I think Josh Brownhill is slowly, slowly uh, become establishing himself as a consistent starter he's only seven percent owned all right next game norwich versus brighton couple of assets i'm gonna suggest matthias norman 44 percent owned and lise malou 18 percent owned now it's rare that we suggest norwich assets and i feel like usually when i do we kind of get burned for it but these guys seem to have good ghost points on them man and if far can maybe stick to a consistent lineup then you know i would suggest matthias over lise for sure Especially in a season where we're struggling to find dependable midfielder options. Mm -hmm. For Brighton, because they're going up against Norwich, Dan Byrne, 11% uh, owned. Solly March and Alex, Alexis McAllister have good numbers, but they don't regularly start. So if you see them start, they're both 41% and 18% owned respectively. So maybe go pick them up as well, right? They are going up against Norwich. So... Yeah, yeah, good shout. Okay, next game, Southampton versus Leeds. So, a couple of assets I'm going to suggest. Livermento, 43% owned, and McCarthy, 13% owned. So, Southampton have a good run of fixtures now. So, that's why I'm going to suggest Livermento. And if they do switch to back three and he plays right wing back, this guy does like to create the odd big chance for his teammates. So, he does have the potential to deliver on both ends of the pitch. And McCarthy is, because of his last four game weeks, he's actually been putting up decent points. And Southampton aren't a team that restricts other teams, you know, to shooting. So you're going to expect some kind of save points, even if they do concede the odd goal. What about at Leeds? Diego Lorente, 10% owned. I feel like he is coming back into, like, he's kind of providing some of that defensive stability that they've missed a few games before. So, and I think he scored the game before that, like the game before the international break as well. So he's only 10% owned. Yeah, goal and the clean sheet. All right, next game, Brentford versus Chelsea. Brentford, there really isn't anyone under 50% that I would like to shout out at the moment. What about at Chelsea? Uh, big asterisks on both these players. Callum Hudson-Odoi, 26% owned, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, 18% owned, on if they start or not. So just, like, you know, be ready. I, it's a 12.30 game, so be ready on, like, the 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. And if they're starting, go pick them up. 
if you yeah. see them. So <clears throat> exactly, I I think those are great options, especially RLC. He looked really really good versus Southampton. Okay, next game, Everton versus West Ham. We don't really have assets under fifty percent from both of these teams. All the good assets seem to be owned in all the leagues. So good jobs on on, on all you managers out there. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next game, Newcastle versus Spurs. Players, I'm going to suggest Matt Ritchie. He fell underneath 50%. Why, people? Like, the guy, his team sucks, but he seems to be scoring mad points. So, like, why are you dropping him? Go pick him up. 49% owned. Almiron and Joelinton is the other two assets I want to suggest. 31% owned, 24% owned, respectively. Kind of good ghosties, I want to say. More so Joelinton recently as well. But with the new takeover and... You know, Steve Bruce probably going to get the axe. Who knows what any of these assets might look like moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's for new... Yeah, for Spurs, do I really want to suggest a Spurs defender? They are going up against Newcastle, so maybe there might be a clean sheet possibility. Emerson Royale, 49%. Eric Dyer, 41%. Christian Romero, 34%. But, like, you know, grains of salt... Because it's Spurs. <laughs> yeah, massive greens. All right, next game, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. The assets I'm going to suggest from Arsenal, Gabriel Magalis, 44% owned, and Sambi, 15% owned. Sambi is getting decent ghost points. I want to say like 7 to 9 point range without those attacking returns. And that's because Xhaka's out, right, for the next while. So I think he's going to partner Partey in that midfield. Gabriel since he's gotten back, I feel like Arsenal just look a lot better in defense. And they've been keeping clean sheets in the last few games. So, decent assets to have at the moment. What about Crystal Palace? James MacArthur, 40% owned. Yeah, like, like I think he's putting up decent numbers. He's starting. Like, I know it's more competition with like him and Milivojevic. But, like, you know, if he's continued to starting, he is putting up decent numbers. Yeah. Go check him out. Like, he's only 40% owned and he's averaging, what, seven, eight points a game. So. All right. And that is the end of our picks. Ross, you have to run off to a meeting now, don't you? Yeah, two o'clock. I have to go to the office. So I'm going to see if I can grab something to eat and then, like, run to the office. All right. So before you go, do you have any final points? Anything you want to say? No? Yeah? No, I got a rush, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, listeners, we will catch you on the next episode. Good luck for your game week, and we'll see you soon. Peace!